Good morning, my name is Ed and I'll be reading the Bible for us this morning. The first passage is from Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 4. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. The second reading is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 13. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their full reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who, is, who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Well, good morning, everybody. And it's uh, nice to be back with you. And uh, as I said to, uh, to the congregation last week, I thank you for your acceptance of me. I've even got my own little name tag now. Been a while. <clears throat> and as we come to look at God's word this morning, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it speaks to our hearts and to our minds and to our souls. We pray that you will guide us and lead us in truth this morning through your Holy Spirit. Amen. We come to the fourth in the series, uh, Your Will Be Done. It's in this manner, it says, Therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's the progression that we've seen so far. We pray to the person of God. We give him due reverence and his name. We pray for the program of God that his kingdom will come, his kingdom will be established here on earth. And we pray for the purpose of God, and that is your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So this is the final uh, of the, the your petitions or the thy petitions, which centre on God. It's unfortunately true that countless millions have repeated these words, your will be done, 
without having the faintest idea of what God's will is. Perhaps even more alarming is that probably even more millions of people have repeated these words, having no intention whatsoever of doing or seeing to it that the Father's will is done. Praying for his will to be done provides the very foundation of our prayers. We're asking that God's will be done in not only our lives, but in the world in which we live, the world that surrounds us. And I often think the reverse is true. We pray expecting God to change the universe just to accommodate us. At times when we pray, we treat God a little better than a, a genie in a magic lamp. We say the magic words and we make our wishes known and we expect God to change the universe to give us what we want. But that's not what's going on here. That's not a, a true understanding of your will be done. Because in the, uh, in the Greek, it's an aorist tense, which means it is a point action. A point action where we say, your will be done from this point on going forward. We're not asking God to change his will or to bless our wills. We're asking him to help us find out what his will is and how his will works in our life. So when we pray your will be done, we're praying for at least four things. The first is to discover what God's will is. Psalm 119 verse 18 says, Open my eyes that I may see the wondrous things from your law. So before we can do God's will, <clears throat> we need to know God's will. To pray your will be done is to commit to knowing God's law, what's revealed in his word. Naturally, it follows that if we're going to know the will of God in our everyday, everyday affairs, we're going to have to read the Bible. We're going to have to read the book where his will is laid out. And that can be difficult. Sure, there are the, the commandments and they're easy. But then there are times when we can't really see how a book written 4,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, relates to us <clears throat> in our modern, uh, sophisticated society. But it is all there. Sometimes it's hard work. I remember this question was posed to me, uh, well, our group when we, we were studying our uh, theology teacher said well okay here's a verse do not boil uh, a calf in its mother's milk 
And he posed that question, what's that all about? We, we looked and we thought, well, maybe he shouldn't have um, chicken omelettes or other things like that, and it took us a while. Eventually, he put us out of our misery and said, well, it's a pagan ritual. So the principle there is, don't be like the pagans. And we can see so many rituals around us today in the world. So many things that distract us, take us away from God's word. Sometimes it can be little subtle things, but we are to not to have anything to do with them. Some people say, oh, well, it's only a bit of fun, but it's not. Don't worry about crystals and tarot and the stars and you, all of these other things that the world looks on. We are to read God's word. Some things are easy, some things take contemplation. We've got to read God's word to discover what his will is the second thing we need to do is to, un and to understand what God's will is. There seems to be a lot of confusion over deciding what God's will is when dealing with practical issues. Well, I want to give you some guidelines that I've gleaned from my 60 years on earth. Firstly, is what I am concerned about in agreement with the expressed word of God. If it is, fine. If it's not, then don't do it. If God tells us specifically not to do something, then don't do it. The second thing, because sometimes I'm a slow learner, have I faced this situation before? If so, what did God reveal to you at that time? Make sure you don't make the same mistake. Don't repeat your mistakes. Learn from what God has taught you. Thirdly, if uh, you're facing a difficult decision, one that's really stressing you out, Seek godly counsel. Proverbs 11.14 says, <clears throat> Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counsellors, there is safety. So if you're worried about something, not sure of the road ahead, seek somebody who's wise. Talk to your elder. Talk to that senior person in the congregation who you know is wise. But also seek people who will be honest with you. You don't want to just get advice from people who you know will automatically tell you yes. Sit with them, talk with them, pray with them. And make the decision a matter of quiet prayer. As the Father, uh, ask the Father to impress on your spirit the proper course of action. Talk to God about it. For James says, if anyone lacks wisdom, 
let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to you. Fifthly, because we're made in his image, we have common sense. Use it. Use the common sense that God has given you. Where I work with the children that we work with, there's not a lot of common sense. Where I work, there are gates that have to be locked. There are fences. Everything has to be made safe because the children in our care don't have common sense. Use your common sense. Sixthly, take your time. Do not make hasty and impatient decisions. God is seldom in a rush. Take your time. And lastly, appreciate the passage of time that will either open or close a door of opportunity for you. Sometimes we want things in a hurry. We want to jump from one thing to the other and we get misled. Don't be stressed that nothing's happening. Trust that God has a plan for your life. Wait for him. The third thing we do when we pray your will be done is submit to God's will. It's not enough just to know the will of God, but we must apply it. It says, your will be done. This is the reality. It's a prayer of submission. According to Romans 12, it is our privilege to submit to that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The truth is that it is a cause of all unrest, frustration, unhappiness, sense of powerlessness in the life of the Christian can be traced back to our own self-will, back to our failure as the desire to have not his will, but my will be done. All prayer is a submission to God that we acknowledge him. It says, as we read before, that he he already knows our needs. So we have to submit to his sovereignty when we pray. And that's the hard thing because we want to be kings and queens of our own world. The world tells us that we're in charge of our life No one can tell me what to do. We must submit to the will of God. The fourth thing we pray when we pray your will be done is that we are there to accomplish God's plan. Both from an outward look and an inward look reveal that the will of God is not being done. We look around our world. We see the trouble that is in the world. All the strife, the hassle, the wars, the poverty, the suicide rates. 
more and more we are becoming an anxious society. There's no blessing in the church because we're so wrapped up in ourselves that we forget that we are part of his message. The world is unreached, untouched. Souls are being lost to time and eternity. Paul's prayer to the Colossian believers was that they may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom, spiritual understanding, that we may walk faithfully and worthily of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful for every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Are you walking with him? Are you an agent for his message? Are we being fruitful? Are we doing good works? Or are we so wrapped up in our own pursuit of wealth and happiness? The second part of that petition is that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I wonder what that would look like if we're able to pull the veil back for a moment and catch a glimpse of how his will is done in heaven. What would we see? Well, firstly, we can see the universe itself. The moon, the sun, the stars, all moving in the created harmony that God set in place. It is he that put the stars there. It is he that makes galaxies collide. It's he that makes black holes form. Neutron stars, the beauty of the universe. It marches to his will. And if we look a bit keener and finally rest in the abode of heaven, we see in the middle of heaven there is a throne. A throne surrounded by the saints of all ages worshipping the king. We would see an, an angelic host moving forwards and backwards, doing his will, attending to his every command. We would see the will of God being done without one creature out of harmony. This is how the will is done. The will of God is done in heaven. It's done consistently, instantly, and without failure. So to glibly recite the Lord's Prayer does nothing but to pray with sincerity has revolutionary implications. We give of ourselves to our Lord. I know times are tough. There's situations in our lives where we're totally confused about what the will of God is. Sometimes it's hard to see, especially in grief and tragedy. But it is there. God is guiding us and leading us. And I found this wonderful poem that kind of sums up the will of God. It says, the will of God will never take you where the grace of God cannot keep you, where the arms of God cannot support you 
where the riches of God cannot supply your need or where the power of God cannot endow you. The will of God will never take you where the spirit of God cannot work through you, where the wisdom of God cannot teach you, where the army of God cannot protect you and where the hands of God cannot mould you. The will of God will never take you to where the love of God cannot enfold you, where the mercies of God cannot claim you, where the peace of God cannot calm your fears, where the authority of God cannot overrule you. The will of God will never take you where the comfort of God cannot dry your tears, where the word of God cannot feed you, where the miracles of God cannot be done for you, and where his presence of God cannot find you. See, everything happens for a purpose. We are his workmanship, created for good works. We're in this beautiful relationship with our heavenly father. Sometimes we mightn't see the wisdom of it all. But as we submit, as we trust and obey, his will can be done through us. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you that you ask us to humble ourselves before you, to lay all our burdens at your feet, to seek you in all things. We thank you through your Holy Spirit that you do guide us and lead us. We thank you for your word that teaches us and comforts us. And so we pray, Heavenly Father, that your will will be done through us. Amen.